And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, October the 11th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On October 11, 1986, President Ronald Reagan and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev, they opened two days of talks in Iceland. They were talking about controlling the arms race and human rights. Today in 1614, the New Netherland Company was formed by a group of merchants. They set it up to um, do fur trading in North America. Today in 1809, just after three years after the famous Lewis and Clark expedition ended, Meriwether Lewis was found dead in a Tennessee inn. It was an apparent suicide. He was 35 years old. Today in 1968, Apollo 7, the first manned Apollo mission, was launched. Today in 1991, testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee, headed by Senator Joe Biden, Anita Hill accused Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas of sexually harassing her. Thomas reappeared before the panel to denounce the proceedings. He called it a, quote, high-tech lynching. Today in 2002, former President Jimmy Carter was named the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. Five years ago today, the Boy Scouts of America announced it would admit girls into the Cub Scouts, starting in 2018. From that point, they went downhill. They started embracing homosexual camp counselors, and the rest is history. Yesterday, I failed to mention that it was Christopher Columbus's birthday. Happy belated birthday, Chris. And today is Senator Patty Murray's birthday. She's 72 years old. Senator Patty Murray. Going to be talking a little bit about Patty today. So I thought it would be appropriate to wish her happy birthday before we get into what we want to talk about. But first, there's some breaking news this morning. Just a few minutes ago, really, it's, I, don't think, I don't think the mainstream news is really going to want to report on this very much, if any. Fox will report it. I, I don't think they have yet as we speak. They hadn't a few moments ago, just before I came on the air, but they will. But former Democratic presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard, you may remember her, she's from Hawaii, she ran for president, ran fairly well, but just couldn't get enough support. She's very well-spoken. Uh, uh, anyway, she announced this morning that she is leaving the Democratic Party after running for the presidential nomination of the party. Gabbard said on Twitter just a little while ago, I mean just minutes ago, she said the Democratic Party – This. Tulsi Gabbard, and she's she's not just a Democrat. I mean, she was a pretty visible one and, and had support, for sure, within the party and, and without, really. But she said, quote, The Democrat Party is controlled by an elitist cabal of warmongers promoting division and anti-white wokeism. She said, I can no longer remain in today's Democrat Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by radicalizing every issue, racializing every issue, and stoke anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile towards people of faith and spirituality. 
She criticized the party's previous push to defund the police and its handling of the U.S.-Mexican border while accusing it of veering the nation closer to nuclear war. She said, I believe in a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, the Democrat Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now I'm calling on my fellow common-sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democrat Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction of the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues that they're taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Very interesting. I I think some will, actually. There are people that kind of look to her for leadership within the Democrat Party, not a majority, but there are people who do. And as I said, she's well-spoken and pretty thought out. Tucker Carlson has her on his program from time to time. She's pretty bright and, and as I said, well-spoken. So she does have some followers, and there are people within the Democrat Party that I, I, I know share those feelings. Will they sort of get out of the party now? I don't know. But anyway, that's happening, and I wanted to mention it because I know it. I just know that's not going to make the news of the guys on the networks and all that kind of thing. They're just not going to report on it. We live in a time that's very... It's kind of a time of upheaval, to say the least. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 4, and I think it's the ESV, the king established the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. A few days ago, it was last week, I was talking a little bit about how our elected officials enrich themselves in Congress, whether it's the Senate or the House, they all seem to get rich. I mean, they all do get rich. They don't just seem to. They go there, many of them. Some of them are have wealth when they go to the office. Donald Trump had wealth when he came to office, and, and some do. But for the most part, they don't, particularly the senators and the Congress people. But when they serve a couple of terms or more, then you... See, I mean, it'll just show up their net worth. They're, they're worth $10.5 million or $15.5 million. I'm not opposed to people making money. I'm a capitalist. I believe Jesus taught capitalism. In fact, I know he did, particularly in the parable of the talents. But how do they make that money working on a salary that's a generous salary, in my view? It's 170000 or whatever it is a year. But that doesn't add up to... 10 and 15 and 20 million dollar net worth in a few short years at least i can't figure out how it does well we all know he who receives bribes overthrows justice that's very true the bible talks a lot about leadership proverbs chapter 21 begins with this The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Translated, that means God's in control, even of the kings, or the presidents, or the senators, or the representatives. God's in control. Just like the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. But verse 2 in Proverbs Chapter 21 says, Every way of a man is right 
in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the hearts. We live in a time when everybody has an idea and nobody much agrees. And the ideas of the left are the more powerful ideas because they're in political office. We the people, apparently, voted them in. They are in control at the moment, except for God. And God it makes the difference. To do justice, verse 3 says in Proverbs 21, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Judges chapter 21, verse 25 says, in those days, this was a time of questioning among the nation of Israel. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We live in such a time today, more sophisticated, perhaps more informed, but just as base, just as backward spiritually and intellectually, for that matter. I mean, America, the most powerful, prosperous nation on earth. Our president can't give a speech publicly, really, coherently. Could a, could a Republican win in these deep blue states now, like Washington and Oregon and California? I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. I want to talk about politics, but keep in mind, I do not believe that politics is the final answer or the final word, but it is the way we do business in leadership in America. And our way of doing business is a whole lot better than the third world countries that I've been in many, many times in the past in missionary work, I'll tell you. With a midterm election looming, polls are suggesting that Oregon may elect a conservative, I'm, I'm not kidding, Oregon may elect a conservative Republican governor. But she's worse than that. She's not just a Republican and a conservative, she's a Christian. And why is Washington Senator Patty Murray avoiding debates when she loves the camera? She loves to talk to the people, but she won't do any debates. She's avoiding Republican challenger Tiffany Smiley. What's happening in the great blue far left Northwest? The concerns of the entitled left of the Northwest have become so acute that the big guy, yeah, President Joe Biden, he's coming to town later this week to fix it. Jill's been in Seattle. She's been kind of camping out there for a while. I think she's gone now, but he's not just stopping by. He's coming to fix things and get the Democrats back on track so they can stay in control. And then, of course, he'll go on to San Francisco and Los Angeles, where he really, his heart is. He, I don't know if he left it in San Francisco or L.A., but he loves that part of the country, of course. All of the leftists do, and those who are not leftists that live there, and we have listeners in California, they suffer the consequences of their policies. President Biden says he's going to actually spend some time here in the Northwest before going south, of course. But could it be? I want to take a closer look at this. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. God knows. But if Oregon voters agree Democrats have ruined their once grand state, Oregon could make political history on Election Day if a GOP candidate is elected governor and the polls 
are predicting this. Just barely, but they are. Generally, it's a runaway. In We've seen it in Washington and Oregon. A Democrat always runs away with the elections. With the, gen- with the general election now is just a few weeks away, Oregonians could send a Republican candidate, Christine Drazen, to the governor's office. I pray they do. According to an Emerson College poll, Drazen leads Democrat candidate Tina Kotek by 2% in the state that last saw a Republican governor in 1982. Drazen is the former minority leader of the Oregon House, and Kotek is the current House Speaker. Kotek is a lesbian activist. Drazen, a conservative, pro-life Christian. American Family News is reporting what local and far-left news is avoiding or just barely mentioning. Here's what American Family News said about Oregon yesterday. They said Lois Anderson of Oregon Right to Life tells American Family News Drazen is supported by pro-lifers in the state after she led an effort in the Democrat-dominated House to pass the Born Alive Infant uh, Protect Act. Christine, they say, is very pro-life. Kotex campaign website touts left-wing causes such as reproductive freedom, which is quote-unquote abortion, racial justice, which is crazy, in their, the way they apply it. But Drazen is crisscrossing the state to tell voters that once beautiful Portland became a crime-ridden drug den because of Democrat leaders. According to Yahoo News story about the governor's race, polls show that Oregonians are disgusted and frustrated. Two-thirds told the pollster that the state is on the wrong track. Two-thirds, 66% or more. The state's current Democrat governor, Kate Brown, has a 54% disapproval rating, the worst of any state governor. The only thing that she's going to leave, uh, to her credit, as she leaves office and she's not running again, she's term limits or whatever, is that she's bisexual. She's the first bisexual governor of a state in America. That's what she leaves. That is the legacy. Among the issues concerning voters, homelessness is the top issue likely because crime and drug, that all of that stem from Portland's homeless. Some of the reports that I've seen say that there's 6,600 at least homeless people in the city's metro area. One of the issues that Kotek is dealing with is the fact that the leftist policies are being exposed for what they are, destructive to individuals and to the culture. Everybody loses under Democrat or leftist, so-called progressive, ideology. Kotek sponsored a House bill, it was 3115 in Oregon, that it, it forbids city governments from cracking down on homeless camps in public areas. And now she's crisscrossing the state saying that if you elect me, I'm going to fix the homeless problem. She is the problem. She sponsored this bill as Speaker of the House. A spokesman for Drazen told the media, Kotek can try to pass the buck on this as much as she wants, but Oregonians know she and her allies are responsible for this humanitarian crisis. They are. They are. That's where we are today. Most feel the governor's race will be decided by a very close vote, but it's the first time there's been a close vote in years in Oregon. Most feel the governor's race 
will be decided by just a few votes. Conservatives say that this election is squarely in the hands of conservatives and pro-life Christians. If pro-life Christians and conservatives show up, she wins. If not, she loses. Let's talk a little bit about Senator Patty Murray. The Seattle Times is doing everything possible to sustain Senator Patty Murray's five-year, five-term, 30-year career in politics. Yeah, it's been that long. 30 years. The Seattle Times recently said this. Three Seattle-based corporations, including the Seattle Times themselves, have asked Tiffany Smiley, the Republican challenger for U.S. Senate, to stop using their copyrighted material in campaign ads, spurring a fiery response from Smiley's campaign. This is the Seattle Times speaking here. A fiery response from Smiley's campaign, which filed a complaint with the Federal Election Commission. Of all the things they could write about, they chose to write this. And they've written other stuff, too, but this was kind of featured. In response, the Times says, Smiley's campaign accused the Seattle Times of illegally using corporate resources to support her opponent, Senator Patty Murray, a five-time, five-term Democrat. Smiley's campaign lawyers on Thursday this past wrote to the FEC accusing the Seattle Times of letting Murray use the newspaper's logo and headlines in ads for her 2016 campaign while objecting when Smiley did the same thing this year. Um, What that is about is they'll they'll put a story, I'm pretty sure, they'll put a story uh, in print or they'll use it in a commercial. The, the, The Seattle Times said blah, 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 and they'll put the logo of the Times when they quote them. And they'll use what they said as a negative or a positive impulse in a in an ad. So that's what they're talking about. And it involves, as I said, the Seattle Times, but it also involves Starbucks, Seattle, and the Seattle Seahawks because they have made statements. Well, anyway, the 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 Seattle Times chose to make an issue out of this and show just how um, inappropriate Smiley is. So the Smiley's campaign's complaint, it notes the newspaper's editorial board, has endorsed Murray. Of course they have. And it accuses the Seattle Times of, quote, providing something of value to Murray's campaign while denying Smiley's campaign the same. Well, that's exactly what's happening. The Seattle Times then published this, quote, the editorial board operates separately from the news reporting staff. I got to tell you, if I had a penny for every time I've heard that over my lifetime, that some far left wing newspaper is claiming they have an editorial board that's separate from the news staff and there's no connection and blah, blah, blah. I've been in these newspaper places. I've been in the Seattle Times. One group meets in, on the left in the hall and the other meets across the hall. Sure, everybody knows they meet in separate rooms, but give me a break. They really underestimate the the integrity and the and the IQ of the public. Sometimes you have to get out of downtown Seattle to find the truth. The suburban Linwood Times, and for those of you out of the area, Linwood is a is a suburb. It's north of downtown Seattle. The Linwood Times says, according to a Trafalgar Group polling uh, poll, Republican candidate 
candidate Tiffany Smiley has made a tremendous polling gain to be within striking distance of her Democrat challenger, Senator Patty Murray. Well, that's the problem, and that's why the Seattle Times is kind of awakening and shaking themselves. It may not be the given that they've had for 30 years in getting her elected. The Republican polling firm Trafalgar Group released results from a survey, quoting from the Linwood Times. Uh, Trafalgar Group released results from a survey of, the, of likely general election voters it conducted between August 30 and September 1st, with a margin of error of 2.9 percent each that shows Murray at 49.2 percent and Smiley at 46.3 percent, a statistical tie. I have seen polls that show it closer than that since this was was put out some days ago. But according to the poll, party affiliation was 44.2 percent Democrat, 33.4 percent Republican and 22.4 percent no party or, or other like independent and whatever. Approximately 80% of those participating were white and 53.1% identified as female. And that could be a disparity there. But they also reported that Patty is doing a lot of hiding. (laughs) Well, she is. Apparently, she's avoiding public exposure that she doesn't control. That's not typical for any politician and certainly not for her. But her allies explain that she has a lot she has a lot more to lose by debating than Smiley does, so she's not going to do it. That is so typical of the left. Joe Biden sat in his basement. Nobody thought he could win. Many people still don't believe he won. There certainly were a lot of discrepancies in that election. But they say he got 83 million votes by sitting in his basement. Her allies say this is the right thing to do. But is it? Is that the thing to do, to go into hibernation? I guess it's when a political career is more important than public service. The Linwood paper quotes Smiley. Here's what Smiley had to say. She said, it's time for Patty Murray to come out of hiding and face the voters of Washington side by side with me. When my husband and I were faced with challenges, we never cowered. After 30 years in the United States Senate, Patty Murray should exit her bubble and answer some tough but fair questions. Indeed, she should, but she likely won't. There's too much for her to lose. Her political roots can be traced back to her early activities in the shoreline area of Seattle. When she showed up in the state Senate, an unnamed legislature, legislator, I I knew who it I've been told who said this. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not going to say. But an unnamed legislator dismissed her as just a mom in tennis shoes. Patty picked up on that all those years ago and began to call herself that, referred to herself. I'm just a mom in tennis shoes as a pejorative kind of a response to that unnamed legislator. Patty ran with that, and in the course of 30 years, she's traded her tennis shoes for Prada's. She's now, according to Open Secrets, worth, as of 2018, $1,687,010. Four years, four years more, bringing us to current, who knows? It's not been bad for Patty. The left can run, but they can't hide. Rasmussen reports, reported yesterday, that their surveys are finding that 92% of American adults believe homelessness is a serious problem in America, including 65% who say the problem is very serious. 
All leftist politicians are tied to this very serious problem that's choking our cities, like Portland, Seattle, and other large and small across the nation. It's interesting. It's interesting how this affects personal lives. I'm going to share Rick Wilson works with me. Some of you who have had contact with our office have spoken to Rick. He's worked out issues. Somebody needed another receipt for a contribution or whatever, and you've had contact with him. Rick is also a businessman in Seattle. He gives a lot of time to this ministry and, and works in our, through our office in Bellevue and so on. He wrote me this email the other day. He was sitting in a coffee shop, self-explaining, but here's what he said. I, I think I've got time to get through this today. I want to share it with you. He said, Gary, <laughs> I, when, when, he, when he contacts me, I look because I'm thinking, man, there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong. Anyway, he said, Gary, I experienced this today and wanted to share it with you. It's a real situation in downtown Seattle. In between business meetings today, I stopped for coffee in a small independent coffee shop located in a historic upscale neighborhood in Seattle. The owner and his wife are bilingual, Hispanic couple, very friendly. I struck up a conversation as he made my coffee. Only he and his wife were working. He told me that they purchased the shop eight years ago by mortgaging their house They work in the shop every day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The shop was sparkling clean, well-decorated, welcoming, carried the smell of delicious baked goods, coffee, all of that. He said, I sat at a table to check my email and watched as customers came in, mostly working people like contractors, landscapers, retail employees, delivery drivers, neighbors, regular folks. All were greeted warmly and were clearly regulars. It was then that I noticed the front door window had been smashed and broken. I overheard the owner telling a regular customer who looked like a construction contractor of some kind, a Pacific Islander, that the shop had been broken into last night and the person stole food and drinks. The owner has a camera that clearly showed that the person breaking in was a homeless person or certainly looked like a homeless person. The owner called the police who told him that they were too understaffed to come take a look or investigate it, maybe weeks, if at all. That customer told me that he found a homeless man. Another customer told me he found a homeless man sleeping in his F-150. For you city slickers, that's a pickup truck, a Ford pickup truck. After he left, it smelled so bad, he said, that he had to donate it. After he found his pickup, he couldn't even use it anymore. So he donated his pickup. He was unsure of what germs or hazards a homeless guy left behind. Rick says, I was struck that here are two legal immigrants, business owners, trying to build a business who suffered a loss simply due to a lack of law enforcement. So the left elites who have compassion on the homeless and lawless are literally hurting the business owners who are paying all the taxes. The defund police movement is not resulting in a better life for people of color, but damage to their property and their businesses. Well said, Rick. Thank you for sending that along to us. And that's the point that I'm trying to make today. The policies that these people are putting and foisting upon America are so foreign to what America is about, it is almost impossible to believe that they believe their own policies, particularly if they open their eyes and look at what they're doing to the culture and to the the, the very fabric of this nation. They are ripping it apart. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.